This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Speaking of voices, you might miss Stanley Fritz's voice. No, we don't. This is an (laughs) all-women show today. We're very empowered. Thank you, Beyonce. In honor of Lemonade, so we don't miss Stanley's voice. Well, hey, whatever, right? Well, he'll be back. No, Stanley's just going to call in in the middle of a segment (laughs) and just say something random. That doesn't make any sense. But, Stanley, we love you. We're not hating. Not that much. Um, Just a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. bit. All right, guys. Look, my name is Selena Hill. Here with Alyssa Fuchs and Tiffany Brown. Um, We're going straight into the news roundup. This is the time where we talk about some of the stories that really irked us or made us happy or, you know, something that we need to talk about in the last few weeks, right? Or the last few days. And if you have a story, you just want to chime in on one of the stories we're talking about, you can call us up at 212-650-6903. So last night, after I got home, because I went to, um, I was at an art viewing party in the Bronx. Shout out to Ron Draper. I got home and I stayed up to like 3.30 a.m. watching more of the uh, the White House Correspondents' Dinner. It was Barack Obama's last one. And I was just like, no, Obama, don't leave us. Mm-hmm. So um, so Larry Wilmore was like the featured uh, keynote speaker. He's getting so much slack because a lot of people are saying his performance is lukewarm. His, jo- his jokes were a little off. Um, you know, he made a lot of racial jokes. And then he ended calling Obama the N-word. And I was like, yeah. He was like Obama, you're my end, and then it gave each other a pound. Alexa, yes. you gotta watch it. It was like you, yes. you, boy. The only thing that I've seen about the correspondence dinner so far is the very end when Obama drops the mic, and I saw the clip that he did with John Boehner, which I loved. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my, why couldn't they get along when he was actually in office, right? Like, I know. they feel. I feel like them. They're actually like friends. Like they actually like enjoyed shooting that clip together. And of course, you know, the best part of that clip was John Boehner saying that he had a beer at 1130 in the morning because there it's been long rumored that he likes to drink <laughs> he's an alcoholic basically i don't know that for sure but <laughs> that's the speculation allegedly allegedly but tiffany you watched it twice yes i watched it twice like a crazy person <laughs> so i just felt it in the air that i was like oh we're gonna be real black tonight i felt it and obama he gave us what we wanted because how many times whether he give the state of the state address or one of these dinners he's like obama you gotta drop the mic on them and he dropped the mic like that was the best thing that he could have done and yes. i felt like he was giving us like someone to every tweet that was like he was giving us like a master class in like shade like whether he was like you know going at the media with the way they covered trump or you know just talking about how um what's his name ted cruz didn't understand like basketball or, like rim <laughs> or something like that he was like but i'm the foreign one <laughs> but it's like he has so many great like sound bites and when larry wilmore I feel like Larry Wilmore did exactly what we wanted him to do. Because if you look at the nightly show, if you understand the type of comedian he is, like he did it for the people on black Twitter. He did it for black folks who was tired of uh, President Obama being disrespected by these old white men in Congress. And when he ended with the N-word, I thought it was so great because here it is, a bunch of white people who you know they can't say it. <laughs> you know they should, can't should, say that should word. The president, should, should the president have said it? Before he leaves office, yeah. Yeah, I want him he to. got to. And he has to have a big old barbecue with all his cousins. <laughs> on the White Kenya House lawn. And from the block in Chicago. And he needs to turn up. That's what we need. Yes, <laughs> Obama. Need. There's going to be Ratchet Party, White House lawn. Yes. Obama's yes. last day in office, which is January 19th, 2017. Oh, we turn it out. That's before work. the apocalypse happens. <laughs> <laughs> when Trump becomes the president. Uh, 
<laughs> oh my god yeah that will be apocalyptic Trump you know so president. speaking of Trump becoming president obviously we had five more primaries last Tuesday and Trump won all five of them wow and Bernie won one and Hillary won four and that's making Bernie's uh, path to the White House uh, a lot less likely so I was just wanted to get your uh, feedback on the election and where it's heading. What are you thinking now? I know we were feeling the burn. I still love Bernie, um, but it's looking l- more and more like, uh, you know, Bernie's not going to be able to pull it off. So thoughts on uh, on the election, on Donald Trump, on Bernie, oh, Hillary? I, I think Bernie still has a chance. What if he wins California? Even if he wins California, it's still going to be he's going to have to convince a lot of superdelegates to, to flip sides. And that's going to be pretty difficult. I mean, I don't know. I've been feeling the burn for a long time. I don't think he's burnt out. <laughs> Just <Good. laughs> play on words here. I think he's still going strong. But you know what? Again, like I said, his contributions to this elections have been so impactful. It has caused um, Hillary Clinton to fall more on the left when it comes to progressive politics. It has put a spotlight on her um, ties to Wall Street. I mean, Bernie, we needed him. Like, it shouldn't have been just a walk in a park for Hillary Clinton. She had to fight. You know, she had to really um, narrow down her politics, especially when it came to black politics and Black Lives Matter. So shout out to Bernie. Even if he doesn't win, I will always feel the burn. Yeah, Hillary and her hot sauce. We talked about that last week. <laughs> Hillary does not have hot sauce in her bag. She needs to stop, <laughs> stop lying, Hillary. We know you don't have hot sauce in your bag. Um, I feel like I'm just so, for lack of a I'm just not interested in this election because it just seems so... I'm interested in terms of, like, I just think Donald Trump is such... It's amazing to see his his uh, his current campaign from when he first started to now as a candidate and the fact that he gave like, you know, a really questionable, you know, speech on foreign policy policy recently. And I think the way we talk about, you know, we always talk about how the world's going to end. It's going to be like doom and gloom and like the building's going to crash. That I really do think we're entering into a new sort of world where we have people like Donald Trump who funded both sides of the aisle is now can run for, you know, um, president you have someone like hillary clinton who's being called to task on calling you know young black men super predators and you think you have bernie sanders who i'm particularly not feeling the burn i do think he is the better candidate out of the the two but i'm tired of voting for the lesser of two evils and i think that's what we're starting to enter and we're entering into a new phase hopefully of that you're going to see more independent candidates running you're going to see more people talk start talking about campaign finance reform because i think that's what the people want the reason why trump is winning because he's not i don't think he's saying anything different than what ted cruz or ryan paul or any of these other crazy guys uh that said that they're going to run for president i've been saying since that he's more crude and he's in your face but the people need to understand in this current system i don't know how a billionaire is going to get you to the promised land. Right. I don't know how he's going to help someone, a rural farmer in Montana. I think they need to start asking him these hard questions. The same way we're giving it to Hillary and Bernie, I think we need to give it to Trump too. And I think, you know, a lot of people are just enamored by the way he has bravado and all that. And that's great. I definitely think you should be, you know, a, a tough politician, especially when it comes to new United States politics. But he, he's not offering the people anything except that, you know, I'm different from these other candidates, but not really because I funded these candidates. <laughs> so. yeah, that's a good point. No, that, that is a good point. Um, it's, 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 it's funny. But no, Bernie has been talking a lot about camp- campaign finance, though. So I'm surprised. Bernie's like, always been talking yeah, about campaign finance. Yeah, so I'm surprised finance. you don't feel the burn on that, Tiffany. I don't. I mean, wow. everyone looks like he's been marching with civil rights, but what have you done for me lately, Bernie? <laughs> right. <laughs> what have you done for me lately? I don't, he's a senator from Vermont. I don't know.
Yeah. So, well, you know, speaking of states, since you just mentioned Vermont, uh, as you know or have probably heard, lots of states have been trying to pass these anti-LGBT bathroom laws, which are based on a bathroom myth that doesn't exist. In fact, as I think I said this on the air a few weeks ago, more politicians have assaulted people in bathrooms than any trans, and there's never been any trans person that has ever assaulted anybody in a bathroom. But the NCAA, which is the National College Gate Athletic Association, which runs all not just basketball, but all college athletics at all colleges has said that cities with anti-LGBT laws can no longer host any NCAA tournaments because of the fact that it would put students at risk, like if they were trans or if they were LGBT um, and they had to go to a tournament in this state or in this city where there's this anti-LGBT law. So they've said, we're not going to allow you to host any more uh, NCAA events. And that's really hitting them where it hurts, which is in their pocket. I mean, these cities, these states make a lot of money off of hosting these events so you know like that's like really looking at it and going hey you want to be discriminatory you want to be a bigot well you know then no money for you no, no, no. You're, you're absolutely right. And I think that when it comes to these anti-LGBT laws, um, you know, it, it's, we're definitely taking a stance, right? And like you said, we're hitting them in the pockets because that seems to be something that all people can relate to, especially Republicans who are supposed to be fiscally conservative and all about making a lot of money. So, I mean, that that's what it takes. That's what it takes at this point. Tiffany? I just think these laws are so unfortunate. Um, I was right before we came in. Um, right, excuse me, right before I came in, I was listening to Ted Cruz. He was on CNN, and you know he's pretty much calling anyone who's transgender, you know, these like grown men molesters. And it was like, why? And it was also, and um, he was responding to Caitlyn Jenner who went into the Trump uh, towers when she uh, used the bathroom, and it's like. The Republicans are really good at putting out misinformation or slightly misinformation and then using scare tactics for people. And for the chances of you being in a bathroom with a transgender person are probably high. You didn't even realize it. Yeah. And we also have to become to a point where we're moving towards a society that we are trying to be more inclusive and more accepting. And if you really think that, you know, trans people are like lurking in the shadows, <laughs> trying just to get your pee. child, like they just need to you use know, the bathroom. Like we have to be practical. And I feel like there's such like a lack of common sense. It's like, not just a lack uh, of common sense. It's like, in the 60s, mm-hmm. it wasn't about water fountains, right? right. It's exactly. not about bathrooms now. Like, that it's is not. just a sideshow. Like, literally, it's about discrimination. It's about other and different and, like, something you don't understand. And, like, that's, like, you know, just, like, there was that myth during the 1960s that, like, you had to have separate water fountains mm-hmm. because, I don't know, black, scary, mm-hmm. or something. Like, white people can't use these water fountains. Like, you point out, many people have probably gone into a bathroom with a trans person and used the bathroom and never even realized that the person they were in the bathroom with was trans. So, you know, like we have to stop with this, like, you know, like these types of politics where we're trying to demonize one group to make us feel better. And like this is we see the same thing where people like using religion as as a sword. Right. Like there's people like Selena that go to church. They have their faith. They, you know, like and but they don't wield that around and use it as a way to discriminate against other people. And then you have these people that are trying to say, like, Oh my God, because you're trying to live, you're somehow like offending my religious sensibilities. And you know, it's like the same thing. Another, like I said, it wasn't about water fountains, it's not about bathrooms. Like, same thing during the 60s, lots of people, 50s and 60s, lots of white people used religion as a way to justify segregation. And like, it wasn't about religion, it was about not wanting to like interact with people that were different than them. 
And I wish people would just say that <laughs> and and stop so, like yeah. Let us back. know you're yeah. a bigot. Yeah, exactly. like stop trying to pinpoint it on Christians mm-hmm. or like whatever your religious text is. Because if that's like a, a personal sentiment that you share, um, or or you just you know don't agree. I don't know. It just kind of puts us all in one category, and then you find yourself having to defend yourself, or you know, or, or try to like really like ju- justify yourself. Okay, well that person believes that because of that. Like that that person doesn't represent all of us and all of our beliefs. Right. I mean, and you can feel however everybody's entitled to their opinion wrong or right or you know it's an opinion it can't be like wrong or right so if you're like my personal religion says that you know I'm not comfortable with people that are trans like you're entitled to that but what you're not allowed to do or you're not entitled to do is use that as a reason to discriminate against other people no yeah yeah absolutely no yeah yeah absolutely right and I know we have time for one more story um well Tiffany did you want to bring something up I did have a story oh so um I don't know if you guys heard, but there was a black teen charged with child pornography for sexting with uh, a young white girl in, in Louisiana. It's like Bossier Parish County. He's 17 years old. So apparently the young girl sent him a video first of, of doing, you know, doing an act on herself. And, you know, he responded with the same video. Long story short, the parents saw it called the cops and now this young teen was arrested and he's facing child pornography charges and he's 17 he's like an all-american athlete he plays three sports he's never been in any sort of trouble but he's black but he's black <laughs> plot twist he's black and it was so unfortunate to hear this story because like here is a young black man who is going to be in a system unnecessarily Right. Unnecessarily. No one's talking about the younger. And this is what I think Sean King wrote about it um, in the Daily News that, you know, the laws have to catch up with the modern technology, what we're we're experiencing these days. And Lieutenant uh, Bill Davis was said he was like, I have nothing to say about that. It doesn't matter what your race what your religion, what your ethnicity, don't do child pornography. And I was like, do you really think a 16, 17 year old is thinking of those terms of child pornography when their hormones are raging? You know, I actually, we've talked about this uh, briefly before, Mm. but I actually took a class on sex offenders Mm. and sex offender law when I was in law school. It was fascinating. We actually had my professor on to talk about issues uh, about sex offenders previously. You can check out our archive shows for that. It was a really great episode to Let Your Voice Be Heard. But this idea of like the law is not catching up with the times and technology. So basically, people have asked me about this. Like, how did this come about? And so federal child pornographies are pretty straightforward, which is if you are over a certain age and you receive or disseminate digital communications of somebody who is underage, that is considered child pornography. Now, the problem is that was created as a way to protect children and to protect women um, from being exploited and from, you know, what we would consider, quote unquote, actual child pornography, like somebody exploiting a young girl or a young boy to come engage in sex acts, to be filmed, to disseminate that as a movie on the internet or as pictures like Jared, the subway dude that's currently in jail. Like that was never meant to target teenagers that are doing things that like teenagers do, right? And so it's really unfortunate where we see situations where the laws have really like they've they've not caught up with the times. I mean, it's no different than like two I mean, two teenagers, they're having a conversation. Like if he would have been 16 and she would have been 16, like 
it, it wouldn't have been as much of an issue. The problem was that, like, he's 17, so, like, and, like, the law draws these lines, these arbitrary lines about, like, where, and she's 16. Like, if she, if they were both 18 and they wanted to trade nudies with each other, <laughs> they wouldn't have been committing a crime. So, like, I really think we have to look at our child pornography laws and say, hey, like, we need to use these laws to go after people who are exploiting children, who are abducting children, who are actually engaging in creating child pornography child pornography movies, but we shouldn't use these laws to apply to teenagers who most of us would agree are engaging in behavior that, you know, maybe they shouldn't be, but arguably isn't criminal. And somebody shouldn't be facing like long jail periods and like having to register for as a sex offender for, you know, receiving or sending some picture to somebody they actually care about. And I think that, you know, for the most part, the reason why it was so alarming for people is because it was a black kid, right? Don't, don't get it twisted like we saw the same thing happen in texas when that islamic kid brought a clock to school and everyone was up in arms thinking that that person was i'm um, thinking that that little child was trying to bomb the school because he's muslim like honestly race ethnicity the color of your skin plays a lot to do with it on that note we do have to take a quick break but when we come back we're going to be talking about the great barrier reef and why it is dying right here on let your voice be heard